So I'm joined today by Jonathan, and Jonathan runs the French Twitter football account on... Sorry, I'll start again. See what I mean about mistakes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. We'll make a lot of so. <laughs> Welcome to episode 24 of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington, and me, Dale Farrington. Yep, sadly no Rob this week, but we've got a great show lined up for you. A couple of interviews, some match reports, and Rob will be making an appearance with his roving report from the Pat Stadium at the weekend. So we're going to start today by listening to my interview with Eddie, who's a Lion City Sailor fan, and he was over the other week to watch his team play against Bangkok United in the AFC Champions League group stage. We spoke about the match, we spoke about his experiences getting to the game, what he thought about Tamasat Stadium and his general feelings about Thai football. So here's Eddie. A Thai football podcast. Interview. Hello Eddie, welcome to a Thai football podcast. Pleasure to be here. You were recently over in Bangkok to watch your team, Lion City Sailors, play against Bangkok United. First of all, what were your thoughts on the trip? I thought the, the stadium was a bit of a journey to get to, you know, in traffic as well. Uh, it took quite a while to get there. But Tamasat Stadium itself, I think, was a bit older than I thought it would be. Certain parts of it, there were rats and cockroaches running around and it's a bit disused, if you ask me. Um, I'm not so sure whether that's the condition of stadiums in the Thai League, but I think my friends who went to the BGPU game said that... Uh, BGPU are playing in a much better stadium. It's interesting you should say that. I think you'll have a lot of Thai fans of other clubs agreeing with every single word you've just said. But but yeah, the, the stadium itself, uh, I think, you know what I really like about Bangkok United is that the merchandising was really solid. So there's this huge truck with a whole array of like nice Bangkok United merchandise in every colour you can think of. And I think some of the shopkeepers or rather the club staff, I think, they were very friendly even though it's clear that I was an away fan. But they, they they said like, oh, please try on this size, that size and the other. And they knew that, you know, we wanted some souvenirs to take back from our trip. So very friendly and I cannot commend them enough. I think I've been to a few away stadiums now, but by far, I think the Thai staff from Bangkok United were very, very accommodating and very nice to us. That's really nice to hear. It's, it's always good to get a different perspective on things. You've touched on a couple of topics there that frequently debated amongst Thai fans. Bangkok United, off the field, have got things right in certain respects with the merchandising, the promotion. They do that very well. And obviously this season on the field, they're doing exceptionally well. But the stadium, as you say, it's not in very good condition. It's out of the way. It's far too big for the crowds that they're attracting. You're looking at this completely objectively. So based on your experiences, can you perhaps give them a bit of advice on how they can improve 
things. Uh, the, oh, there's this K2 team called FC Anyang, and I think uh, that might be a good blueprint. They play in the K2 division, so the second league. And I think it's a good blueprint for Bangkok United. So why I raised that similarity is because just like Bangkok United, they play in this huge stadium that's crumbling and it's far too big for use. But what they have done is they have erected temporary stands much closer to the action on the field. You know, it brings the supporters closer to the action. And, you know, you, these temporary stands are also decked out in FC Anyang's colours, purple and white. So in Bangkok, it would be like black and red, right? And I think it creates much more of a better atmosphere. The Bangkok fans were very passionate on the day, but I have to say, when the stadium is so big, I can't really hear them. They were so far away from us. And I think you lose a bit of the interaction between fan groups as well when you put things so far away. So I, I hope that addresses your question. Yeah, some good points there. I mean, there is a clamour for them to move back into the city. I mean, as as you probably can appreciate, it's it's difficult finding anywhere to play. The land is prime real estate. So a, a small football club, which Bangkok United are effectively, are, are going to really struggle to find somewhere decent. So I like your ideas of perhaps adapting the current stadium and, and putting up temporary stands. The blueprint for it is really FC Anyang. I think you can Google to take a look at some of the videos and uh, some of the pictures. You, you get a better idea of what I'm saying. Suggesting. Okay, and I'll, I'll pass that on to Bangkok United as well. See if they respond. <laughs> <laughs> so, as for the match itself, any thoughts? Well, I think, um, you know, the one thing I'll say about Bangkok United is that when I watch them play, there's no marquee player. That might sound like it's not a compliment, but it absolutely is. I, I think what I love about them is whenever I watch them play, I'm always so impressed that there's no one player that you can shut down and there, therefore that means that the whole of Bangkok United can't play anymore. They're just so multifaceted in their approach and they just keep going. I think endurance and grit is something that I always see in their play. And they're not doing anything very fancy or very special, but every match, they're just so hard to beat. They just keep chipping away at you until you eventually crack. And I think that's happened not just to LCS last week, right? But also at the weekend with a team, a local team, Prachwap, I think. Yeah, so, so I mean, really kudos to Bangkok United. I think they deserve the win. I don't think anyone would really have said that uh, Neil-Neil would be undeserved if uh, Rungrat hadn't scored that free kick. But in totality, I think they deserved it for the enterprising manner in which they played and how they controlled the game. Yeah, the Sailors... I mean, we, we, we tried our best to keep Bangkok out and I think Bangkok didn't really have that many clear-cut chances, but we failed to take our one and only chance on the counter-attack. So if that goes in, maybe we're talking about a very different situation now, um, but it didn't and fair play to Bangkok. So how far do you think they can go in the tournament? They've qualified already for the knockout stages. So where do they go from here? You know what? I think the, the best litmus test for them right, will be how they fare in the Jeonju World Cup Stadium. That's where I really felt as an away fan visiting that, you know, the task of facing Jeonbuk, a Korean giant, at their home ground in freezing temperatures, that really, I think, is a, is a test for Southeast Asian teams. I'd be interested to see, even though they've already qualified, to see how they do in the Jeonju World Cup Stadium. And I think uh, if I was uh, Coach Tawan, I would be using that as, an exp- as not so much as a date rubber, but more of a testing ground to see what I can achieve with my players. If they do quite well, as I think they will, I think they will maybe narrowly lose by one goal or manage to come away with a draw. If they do that, then I think that, you know, the top sides in Asia should really watch out, especially in East Asia, because I think there's something to be said about the teamwork and the spirit in the Bangkok United camp. That's it. I think they've got to approach the next game seriously. And as you say, you know, it, it'll be a good measure of where they're at and how they're likely to get on in the next the next round in the competition. 
So how about Lion City Sailors? Where where are they at now? So last season, I think um, our boys finished with seven points. But um, out of the seven points, four of those points were against like the reserve teams of the Chinese Super League teams, right? Because of COVID and all that, they didn't send their A teams down. So I think this year has already progressed. We've picked up two wins and we have one home game against Kichi. Now, hopefully we get that across the line and get another three points there. If we do, then I think LCS has every reason to be very proud of the progress that we're making, even if we're not qualified. And what about the S-League? What are your hopes for your team in the S-League this season? The other teams will probably hate me for saying this, but I think there are two different SPL kind of teams. There's the Lion City Sailors and then there's the rest. So even though Elberex, the satellite team, has won this year, but Elberex next season is transitioning into a local side. So they won't have all these foreign players as well. They will have they will have to stick by the same rules as all of us. And I highly doubt that they can repeat their league title success and everything. So I think LCS stands on its own in terms of its abundance of resources and I think the future is bright for LCS and I really hope that the rest of the league can keep up keep up but I highly doubt they will and I think it might be a case of JDT you know like where one side keeps thriving but the other teams in the league just can't lay a finger on 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 JDT. As for the league as a whole when I first started following Thai football way back in the late 90s we kind of looked towards Singapore and Vietnam with great envy. You know, you were the two leagues that we wanted to be. Now, I think it's fair to say that, that Thailand has surpassed both of those. So what yes. what does the Singapore League need to do now in order to, to raise its game for everyone and, and make it more appealing for the locals? Actually, I, I, I know it might sound simplistic, but I think money is, is the only thing that will spur growth. I think you just have to keep increasing the quality of the players and the quality of the marketing. Everything has to look better. Our, our rivals are not the Thai League or the Malaysian League in terms of attention from our local fans. Our rivals are the English Premier League and I suspect that it's quite similar as well for Thai League clubs, right? But I think even though there's no way money can bring you the sort of player that English Premier League clubs can sign, what needs to improve is the overall packaging of the league. Right now, I think a lot of people see it as a really inferior product and only people who are not very cool, I, you can't see my inverted commas, but the inverted commas are there. People who are not very cool attend these games. So that has to change and I think money can go some way to solving that. Money and the right administrators. Well, I hope so because like I said, I've got some very fond memories of, of the Singapore League from from years ago and obviously a lot of great Thai players went to play there so it'd be nice if you yeah. you came back and were a strong league again so just in closing any thoughts on Thai football in general it's like I said earlier it's nice to get a, a different perspective and you can be far more objective so just an overall view really of Thai football the Thai league from a Singaporean point of view I think um, the difference like 10 to 15 years has made, right? It's, it's just astounding. And I think the big difference really is a credit to the Thai League and whoever has revitalized it because what I can see quite clearly is that our locals are playing in a league that's far less intense and the Thai League is so much more intense that week in, week out, these players are used to playing at a certain level. The Singapore League has some ways to go if they want to go back to those glory days where Thai players like Suti came to Singapore. Thai players like Ted Sachs Shaiman came to Singapore. It's just not happening now. I don't know, maybe the tie-up between Tampanese Rovers and BGPU will bear some fruit and we'll see more exchange of players from the two leagues. But right now, I think it's quite clear that the Singapore League is far behind the Thai League. Thanks for taking the time to chat. 
Eddie, really enjoyed that. And all the best for your club and your league for the future. Hopefully, we'll get to meet up one day at the game in, in Thailand somewhere. Or Singapore. Thank you so much. Or Dio. Singapore. Well. Yeah. I've got very Thank happy you. memories of my my trips to Singapore, watching Chambury. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Dale. Great. Thanks, Eddie. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And as I said during the course of our chat, it's always nice to get a different perspective on Thai football. Next up, we've got our match reports from the weekend. We're going to start with Riza, who watched his team, Ratbury, play out an impressive 3-0 win against Chiang Rai United. Thai to match reports. Sawadikap, good evening from Dragon Solar Park in Rachaburi. This is Thai League Week 12 between Rachaburi and Chiang Rai United. The match ended with Rachaburi winning. Three goals to zero. Rajaburi played very well. They come out attacking and keep the ball all through the night. First half having one goal with Jiva scoring from the penalty. Second half, Rajaburi come out offensively, scoring another goal and holding the ball until end of the game with a late score by Faik Bolkia. This is the first ever win Rajaburi from Chiang Rai United and this makes the second clean sheet for Rajaburi goalkeeper Kampon. Next match is Away to BG will be a hard match, but with these results, we are confident that we can get the result that we wanted. That's all for today. Let's celebrate the win. Come on, you dragons! Thanks as always, Risa. Sounds like a good win for Ratbury, that. 3-0 against Chiang Rai United. Result not to be sniffed at. Now, moving on, we've got two reports coming up from the big game at the weekend, which was... Mung Tong United against Buriram United. Now, I did try and get a Buriram United perspective on this, but unfortunately, the person I asked to do it wasn't available. So, as a compromise, I've got two Mung Tong reports. First up is Grant, who's returning to the programme. And after Grant, we've got Greg Hill. Greg used to run an independent English language Mung Tong United website back in the day. And he's just rekindled his interest in Thai football. So it's great to have him on. So here comes Grant, quickly followed by Greg with their version of events from the weekend. Thai to match it's half time at the Thunderdome, Mantong 1, Buriram 1, pretty evenly contested game. Buriram look almost as vulnerable on the counter as Mantong do defending aerials. See what happens in the second half. I feel like it will be up to the momentum of the game in terms of which way it sways, but 1-1 at the moment. It's full time at the Thunderdome, Mantong 2, Buriram 2. Somebody said to me earlier in the week that they didn't think Buriram could buy a victory. Well, it turns out they were correct because it's ended even here. A questionable penalty in the second half. No idea what it was for. Going to have to have a look at the replay when I get home. But great battling spirit from Mungtong to get back into the game. Better team, probably should have won, but at least they managed to bring it back to a draw. Full time 2-2. Okay, I've been home and managed to have a look at the penalty incident on the highlights. Can't see a lot in real time, but I have seen the video stills and um, it shows there is quite clearly a, a push or a badge in the back by Tristan Doe. I, I think for the referee, he has applied the laws of the games correctly. Um, but I think what's going to annoy a lot of Mangtan fans is you don't really see many of these types of incidents given in the European game um, with those leagues that have VAR. 
over there there's a conscious attempt to try and reduce the amount of penalties because there are too many in the game and off the ball incidents and that's how I'd describe it because I think the goalkeeper gets that ball every single time shirt pulling pushing badging in the back don't really see many VAR penalties given for that um, so I think the referee fair enough those guys in the booth they've spotted it they've given it but it's just not in keeping with what we see in the European game Ties to it finished Muangtong United 2, Bury Ram United 2 in a game as even as the scoreline suggests in a hot, humid evening at the Thunderdome Stadium. The visitors started off the brighter of the two teams, finding a lot of space down the right wing and a simple cross found Superchai unmarked in the box to nod in a pee on just the third minute of the game. The visitors continued to look relaxed and defend their one-goal lead while Muangtong slowly eased their way back into the game, also finding a lot of space down the right wing, sometimes on the left wing as well. Eventually, a cross from the right found Jaron Sack in the box to finish a nice header to equalise, sending the two teams going in at half-time at a goal apiece. If the second half was a lot more end-to-end, Buriram pushing forward and a clatter in the box following a corner caused a five-minute investigation following VAR decision by the referee to award a penalty. The penalty itself was delayed by a few moments as the home fans refused to allow the penalty to be taken, throwing tissue and other items onto the pitch. But in the end, Corset stepped up for Buriram, slotting home a smooth, slow, calm penalty. However, Mung Tong refused to give up, applying a lot of pressure in the Buriram box, and eventually, yet another cross come shot allowed the host to equalize in the 78th minute through Stefan. From then on, both teams pushed for the winner, Buriram perhaps looking less likely to score of the two sides, but in the end, it wasn't to be for either team, and it finished Tong United 2, Buriram United 2, in what was probably a fair result for these two rival sides. Thanks, chaps. Always nice to get a bit of balance on the show. Two sides to every story, and there's both sides from the weekend. Now, as promised earlier, he's not here in the studio. He's swanning around enjoying himself somewhere while I'm doing all the hard work and he gets all the credit. Only joking, Rob. This is your man. He was out at the weekend. Pat Stadium watching arguably the biggest game of the weekend. It was Port against BG Patham United. And as you're about to hear, it was an absolute thriller. Take it away, Mr Bernard. Rob's Roving Report. So it's uh, Saturday the 2nd of December, yes it's nearly Christmas and what will uh, Santa deliver to Port fans this year? So that's where I am today, the PAT, Pat Stadium down in Clontoy, waiting the game between Port FC and BG Patam Tani. Patam Tani, of course, where I reported from the other night, they got a thorough beating by Korean opponents, uh, Ulsan, in the Champions League. They come into the game in second, the host Port are third in the table. Interesting, it's the new manager of Port's first home game. Yes, Madam Pang sacked another one, she doesn't mess around that late. That lady is not for turning. Ho, ho, ho. But anyway, let's see what it brings. I've brought some guests down, including my, my wife making her debut, and two friends from the UK, so we might get a word with them later, depending on how much beer they imbibe. So, all to look forward to. A big game, uh, along with uh, Mong Tong against Buriram, across the city tomorrow night. Go a long way to deciding the league title and placings, one might think. <laughs> A few facts for those interested in coming down to the Pat Stadium. Well, the good news is it's the closest arena to the centre of Bangkok. About 10-15 minutes from Asok, uh, Sukhumvit. 
outside, tremendous atmosphere. As uh, my guests have just said, it's like a fair back home. All the food stalls, lots of beer, music being played. Tickets are generally available, um, 120 baht in the popular areas. There is sometimes a bit of a scramble for tickets because they haven't quite mastered the online technique here yet. But uh, come down early, you're guaranteed to get in. They don't generally turn money away in Klong Toy. Lots of food and drink to be had, souvenirs, great atmosphere. It's the best fan zone in Thailand. And I say that with total honesty, I've been to most of the grounds, there's nothing quite like Klong Toy. It's the best beer garden in Bangkok when there's a match day. Well, the atmosphere's building about half an hour to kick off. And it looks like a bumper crowd this evening. Everyone's getting into the party mood. Can Port do it tonight? We'll have to wait and see. My guests are having a cracking time. So as I predicted, it's not quite a full house here at the PAT, but it, it won't be far away. And it's a raucous atmosphere, as you can imagine. Saturday tea time in Bangkok. Lots of expats, lots of ties. People have had a great time outside. Can the team deliver? Going towards the 20th minute mark, Dale, and uh, nil nil here at uh, PAT. To be honest, BG uh, were more likely to break the deadlock. You were controlling things from midfield, but no real goal scoring opportunities at either end just yet. We're a highly competitive game, and the place is nearly full. 27 minute, Dale, it's 1 0 Port. Kapananda scorer, cut inside, beat the keeper at the near post. 1 0 Port. Dale, it is chaos at the PAT. It's 2 0, Pakan the scorer. But I tell you what, I saved the referee's blushes. There was a definite shot blocked on the line for handball. Saves the VAR. It's 2 0 Port. 32 minutes on the clock. Well, chaos at the PAT, Dale. The teams go down the tunnel. 2 0 to the hosts. Some pawn in goal for Port has pulled off two tremendous saves. And to be quite honest, apart from that mad five minutes, BG will go down the tunnel wondering how they're behind. An even game apart from two chances taken, 2-0 half-time. 20 minutes remaining, Dale, and this game is far from over. BG putting on plenty of pressure. Both teams going at it hammer and tongue, and I've not been in an atmosphere like this for many a month. Tremendous advertisement for Thai football. Still 2-0 to the horse. Well, I'm no Nostradamus still, but I could see that coming. Alvarez with an absolute howitzer. 15 minutes on the clock. It's 2-1 port, and this game could go either way. Well, they're checking a penalty on VAR, Dale. And I tell you what, we know where this is leading. They don't know what they're doing when they're controlling it. Somebody wants to be in on the action. It's gone on for two minutes now. So the rest going to have a look. And I know what's coming. If this isn't a penalty, I'll be astonished. Though nobody knows quite what for. There was an absolute clear penalty not called in the first half. Admittedly, Port scored shortly after. 
this this is a farce. We've been it's gonna be clear and obvious and we've been waiting over two minutes. Not quite sure what they were singing though, but it's not very nice. They've given a penalty. Tiracin 2-2 from the spot. I don't know what to say. When it takes over two minutes for a penalty, but if, if on review it is a penalty, fair enough. But it's got to be clear and obvious. Sup the life out of the game. 2-2. Two -two. Well, it was always going to come. But I've had a couple of efforts at the other end. The ball, a low cross, fell to Tiracin. Superb skill and a sublime finish into the top corner. The guy is still the best player in Thailand. What a tremendous finish. So cruel on Port, but what a goal. Dale, full time at the PAT. It's Port 2, BG Patantani 3. And what a game of football. Quite possibly one of the best I've ever seen in the land of smiles. A tremendous advert. Despite Port being so up, there was not a lot between the sides and so it proved in the second half. BG, tremendous. And what a winner. What a winner from Tiracin. The guy is still loses class. But Port will wonder what happened. But just a great game of football. Full time 2-3. Thanks Rob, sounds like you're having fun there. Too much fun, probably. And I'm glad your visitors enjoyed themselves. Hopefully they'll spread the word and maybe even get to come back and see some other football when they're next over in Thailand. And talking of spreading the word, one of the great things at the moment is that we've now got lots of coverage of Thai football in many different languages. Obviously you've got the Thai language coverage and there's a multitude of English language sites and Twitter accounts and podcasts out there. And it's my pleasure now to introduce to you Jonathan, who runs a French language Twitter account dedicated to Thai football. And he's going to tell you all about how he got involved, what he does to promote the game over in his native France, and further afield, as we're about to hear. So this is me and Jonathan having a little chat about Thai football. Welcome on board, Jonathan. Hi, Dale. Thank you very much for the uh, invitations. And thank Thank you uh, to accept me here and I'm very very grateful to be to be here uh, on your podcast that I listen every week so thank you very much again. It's great to have you on and thank you for listening every week I'm glad you enjoy it. Can we begin by just talking a little bit about you so where you come from how you ended up following Thai football? Sure I'm from south of France Marseille and I moved to Thailand uh, eight years ago. Uh, I loved football before moving to, uh, to Thailand. Uh, I, I play football I used to be also a coach and the first years when I moved to Thailand, like I didn't pay much attention about Thai football, to be honest. I was playing in an amateur league in uh, near uh, Pattaya. But yeah, in a, meanwhile, I was more interested, of course, uh, like about like uh, British football, French football and this European, right? European ones. My interest for Thai football came after a few years here. I attended some game, like some game on the second divisions and first divisions. And then... Then I I was like okay maybe let's let's try to get into it and to know more players coach and how it goes here 
So I really start to study the history of Thai football and the clubs and how it works here, like the federations. And I would say like everything's changed three years ago when I start to cover Thai football for a French magazine. Then like uh, with the circumstances, I met uh, a, a French guy in Bangkok and he was running like a Twitter account related to Thai football. And uh, he was really busy at the time, that kind of things. And he asked me, oh, well, why, why don't you why don't you run the, the, the account by yourself? And I said, let's go, let's try. And this is how everything starts. Can you remember what the first game you went to was? It was a Lam Chabang game. It was an amateur game. And it was like, if I remember well, it was like something seven or eight years ago. I don't remember both teams. I just remember Lam Chabang. I remember the stadium. It was really a rem- in a remote area. I don't <laughs> I didn't, I don't even remember how I ended there uh, and how I found this game. But like I said, before uh, cover Thai football, I played in an amateur league near Pattaya. And in my team, I was surrounded by guys who were really into Thai football and they really helped me to uh, go through the informations and how it works here. But the first game was Lem Chabang, amateur team Lem Chabang. I don't, I don't even know if this team exists anymore. I should I should check it out, actually, because, yeah, this is thanks to them that I, I am here now. <laughs> the, there was a team at Lam Chabang, Lam Chabang City, but they didn't last very long. I think they only played one or two seasons yeah 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 that, that, that that's true but yeah not, nothing lasts well like everything like everything in thai football nothing lasts too long so so yeah yeah but now now i think it doesn't exist anymore like maybe 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 an amateur regional league i should check it out yeah maybe it'd be good to find out who they are because like you say you've got them to thank for getting you interested in thai football exactly and you mentioned you were doing a bit of coverage for a french magazine can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit more about that please the magazine's name lucarno posé it's uh, quite famous in france because uh, this magazine covers all football outside Europe, right? And so, for example, South America, Africa, and Asia, and Middle East as well. We cover, like, for example, football in uh, Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, uh, Tunisia, uh, Korea, Japan, China. Also, as well, I told you, uh, Middle East, Middle East countries, and now you, uh, United States as well, uh, Major League Soccer. And uh, this is this is maybe the best French media if you want to a little bit explore different kind of football cultures outside Europe, uh, outside Europe, you know. But many people feel like more interested on what is going on outside European borders, right? From a football point of view, I think we we are the best media because we we have one guy per country. So one guy for Colombia, one guy for Brazil, one guy for Japan, one by one guy for Korea, and then one guy for Thailand. And so we we are we writing articles calls we are like doing some podcast uh, videos and like uh, also not me but my friends uh, like for example the ones who work for the Uruguay in Brazil they, they they wrote a book to talk about the history of South American football now I'm keep writing for for them and I made an interview of uh, Losemi Carabue the, the French midfielders who plays in Conquen and now it's on YouTube Spotify Deezer and uh, I'm telling you I'm planning to make some more interviews is there much interest in Thai football in France? I would lie if I see a lot of interest. 
that's being said year after year i feel like more people are like curious about what's going on here when i start like three years ago to take charge of the twitter account i felt like it it was a bit pointless to cover the thai football i didn't have much request messages the posts were barely viewed and now that i'm now that with lucarno posé the media i was talking about and with this Twitter account, I'm really like try to cover as much as I can informations about here and what's going on here, for example, with the federations coach and like the teams and, and all of these kind of things. They are a little bit more interest. Honestly, it's 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 growing slowly. Of course, I won't. I would lie if if I say that now everything is amazing and uh, everyone is uh, interested. But it's better. It's getting better step by step, months after months. And it also depends on like the the news. Like for example, uh, on the last few weeks with what happened with Manu Polking and uh, the new coach Ishi, Madame Peng, and that kind of things. I covered it a lot, especially the games against China, and I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of messages like oh can you tell me more about how is the football in thailand and how it works and where can we watch the game and uh, that kind of things three years ago nobody asked me to watch the game now every international break i got some message i would say like five to ten Oh, do you have a link to watch the game? And do you have a link to uh, to to see like uh, the highlights and that kind of things, right? So I uh, let's say we are on the good path now. We are on the good path. And the other things is I got and I get I still get actually a few messages from French amateur players, and they want to try to be professional abroad. And of course, in Europe, it's very difficult. And they say, okay, why not take a chance in like a remote country such as in in Asia or Africa and I got and I get some messages from players who want to uh, give a try in Thailand maybe in amateur league or second divisions that kind of thing so it's a bit um, like a melting pot of different kind of requests it all sounds very positive and I think a credit to you for all the hard work that you've put in it's it's never easy doing these things and as you were saying you know initially you didn't get much response but you stuck at it and now clearly you're you're reaping the rewards and it's it's good to see so well done to you really Jonathan <laughs> it's, it's a challenge but actually I really love football and I and I and I really love Thailand as a country as well because I, I'm living here now and uh, really if I can try of course I, I won't change I won't change things and uh, I don't think that Thai football will be as popular as um, Korean or Japanese football because actually Korean and Japanese football are very popular in France now more and more and more but we are really far from them that being said I, I think we're on the good path and it's not an easy uh, task as you know since Thai football is very uh, unstable <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'm uh, sometimes I, I, I have to say I have to admit that I lose my motivations like for example with what's going on now with Manu Paul King and, and Madame Peng and that kind of things and we're like oh my gosh again so you you post something on Twitter at 7pm and at 7.30pm there is another news and 8 p.m. there is another news and you were like oh you you 
get overwhelmed by all this information and all the things going on here. I can definitely relate to that. We record things for the podcast and as soon as we've got everything ready, it's all out of date. So it is very difficult. <laughs> it is very difficult to keep on top of things. Exactly. You, exactly. Are, you are doing a great job. And hopefully, you know, in the future, you know, we, we can get as much coverage as they do in Korea and Japan. That's I think that's the aim, isn't it? To try and get the Thai football to that level. It might take yeah, a but, long time. Yeah, but Dale, you know what is the main problem is? You know what the, the main problem is with that is the problem. I was in France for three months, May, June, July, and a little bit more than three months, actually. From France, we are able to watch Korean and Japanese games, right? Because like, for example, the Korean federations like set a proper channel. You can subscribe, you can watch all the games, you can watch replays and highlights. Japanese football is also visible on YouTube. Not all games, but every weekend you have one or two games. Trust me, when I was in France, it was impossible to watch a, a Thai game. Impossible. You, you cannot imagine how many people ask me like, oh, I'm curious how the Thai league is looking like. Can I watch a game? Can you send me a link? But I don't know what to send them because they, in French, uh, unless you use a VPN, you can, you can reach AIS and uh, it's not on YouTube. So I don't want to say I lost all my hope reaching Korean and the Japanese level, right? So, uh, but the problem is that we cannot watch the game, the Thai games, or if we want to watch, we have to go through streamings or VPN, and it's very, very like exhausting process. You understand what I mean? This must be the first decisions that the, like the, the Thai football authorities must take now is making Thai football visible in Europe. That's it. If you want to, to, to grow your championship, if you want to grow uh, your football, if you want to grow how famous you are, and if you want to help some, some as well, some French football club staff to scout Thai guys, well, why don't you show your games? That's the problem. That's very the problem, you know? For example, uh, the only Thai club that is like broadcasting the, the games on YouTube is BG Patum for the Champions League. And see how many people watch it. When I put the BG Patum Champions League link on Twitter during the game day, well, few people say thanks. I, when I say few people, it's like five to ten. It's nothing, of course. Right, but it's better than nothing. Five people who watch is better than zero. And maybe these five people gonna talk to 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 another five people. And this is this is how you spread the influence of Thai football. Well, in my opinion, right? But BG Patum is doing the right thing. But the other teams, nothing. So I hope one day we can reach Korea and Japan. But honestly, I'm not that optimistic. I completely agree with you. I'm in England at the moment. And as you say, I, I have the same experiences trying to find a, a feed or a. Mm -hmm. it's usually a, a pirate broadcast mm -hmm. on Facebook or YouTube. But the, the clubs that do do it, like you've mentioned, BG, Patum United and Port and Mung Tong, I think is the other one. Their coverage is, is excellent. And mm -hmm. this is what the Thai League should look at and this is what they should aspire to if clubs can do it i'm sure the league can do it as a whole and you're right it's the best way to promote the game to a wider audience this is the first decisions that in my opinion should be taken and it's not that difficult why why korea succeed 
doing it. And now, like many French people, when I say many, trust me, many French people are following Korean football. A few years ago, nobody knew about Korean football, except like, for example, famous player in Manu, like Jisung Park and, and those kind of players. But now, if you if you're on Twitter and you you like scroll, you see like many people are interested in Korean football, uh, Japanese football, and but Thai football is is still found behind and yeah yeah this that it's common sense but common sense in thai football as we know two things that don't always <laughs> go together <laughs> exactly now I, I don't know if you're aware of this this player we did have many many years ago and he was a bit of a pioneer i think for french football we had a player called david labras playing in mm-hmm. the thai league do you know him have you come across i, I him? know him by name he was quite a character he was a bit of a, a rebel type. He went from club to club, but I think he's still around, I think, in, in Thai football. So oh, he might yeah. be someone worth getting in touch with and just speaking to about his experiences. Because he'll he'll certainly have a story to tell. Yeah, uh, okay, I will I will I will take a look. Uh, actually, like uh, yeah, as as I told you, I'm planning uh, I'm I'm planning to um to make a few interviews after after New Year's. We have like a bunch of uh, like let's say francophone players, right? Players from uh, France, uh, Africa who plays here, and they all have unbelievable stories, right? And they, when when they talk about like their background and how they end up here in Thailand, this is quite amazing. People love it. For example, like uh, I told you, I uh, made like the interview of Losemi Karaboué a few months ago, and I only got few uh, good feedback. Sorry, I only got f- good feedbacks about like how the, his his story, how he ended up in Thailand, and his his visions about Thai football, and how he is involved now in Thai culture and this kind of things. This is what people want to know. It's not only about football; it's more than that. It's about traveling. It's about culture. It's about like ex- exploring new horizon and for some people who unfortunately they don't have much chance to travel due to the lack of money or time or whatever well this kind of podcasts are very interesting for them and it could be as, uh, as well a source of inspirations for the young players who want to go outside Europe because they feel like in Europe they don't have any future right they don't have any perspective so they say well why not go see if the grass is greener in Thailand or or maybe in in a other uh, another like Southeast Asian country such as Cambodia, Myanmar or Vietnam, Singapore. Uh, and now we have more and more French and Francophone players playing in this area. For example, like in Singapore, the, one of the best player, uh, Lestien, is from Belgium. In in Thailand, we have like as I told you, Karaboué, Langille, and I think it's growing up and it will grow with time. I, I'm pretty sure it will grow with time because like no matter what we say about Thailand and this is the feedback I got from few players here the life is nice for a player a football player because like the atmosphere is friendly there are not lot that much pressure compared to Indonesia playing in Indonesia where the ultras and the fans the hardcore fans are it's quite a challenge uh, especially if you are weak if you are not strong mentally strong it can be a challenge right but in Thailand let's be honest if 
if you play in the second divisions in Chiang Mai United, in Chiang Mai FC, this kind of teams, life is nice, of course. Like you get a decent salary, you you get like a nice life conditions. Well, so that's why like so many players, and that's why I got a few requests to say, oh, how how to go, how to get into Thai football, right? I don't say that everything is perfect, of course, it's not. And I got as well feedback from players who say like, oh yeah, this this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong, but okay, if we compare the positive points and the negative points, let's say it's more positive than negative. I think that's very true and something that often gets overlooked. You know, you do see a lot of these players playing in the lower leagues and the lifestyle in Thailand is probably a lot better for them. So good good luck to them. I think anybody who wants to come, who, who has the desire to come and play here and wants to succeed, then all the best. And it will only help improve the league as well, I think, bringing over quality foreign players. So that's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. So just before we go, can you just give us your thoughts on the current state of T1 and how you think the season will play out from here? For me, the seasons now is really, uh, is really clear. The best team, of course, is, is Bangkok United and from what I see we really underestimate what Bangkok United is doing right now the the coach for me, I'm going to be honest, he's a genius. And uh, we see here and there that he's just a great coach with a great team and that kind of thing. No, Bangkok United is building something and I fully trust what the coach is doing. And I'm pretty sure, I bet they will be champion. And I think we don't talk enough about like what Bangkok United did in the Champions League, the their resilience and their the, the way they played. People tell me, oh, it's against uh, like a, a team from Singap- uh, Singapore and this kind of thing is not worth anything no 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 it is it is because they have a line they have a path they have a clear path and this is too unusual in in thailand uh, to have a team with a clear path and clear visions and project that i really first want to say how happy i am to see a, a team and a club like bangkok united right now for the rest nothing's really surprised me the things that makes me a bit sad is the situations of shonbury now uh, uh, Shonbury made an incredible job on the last few years with uh, the previous coach. And now with this this new coach, this new Japanese coach, everything is a mess. And this is what frustrates me uh, the most about Thai football is that nothing is stable. And I'm really worried, I'm really worried, sorry, for, for Shonbury and for Prachuap as well, which is the last team of the, the league now. If Prachuap disappear from the first divisions, we won't have any team from south of Thailand, which is actually something that we must talk about because it's absolutely abnormal that the south of Thailand uh, has no teams in the top league. Right. This is the thing. This is something that I really, uh, really want to talk about one day if we have a, if we have a chance. And for the rest, I think yeah, Bangkok United will be champions. I really hope that Port FC will be like the second because because uh, just for the fans, I'm going to be honest. I went to a, a, a Port game and the fans are amazing. They are really behind their teams. And and like I said before, unlike Indonesia, for example, where the fans culture is strong here in Thailand, not so many teams are this fan base and actually Paul deserves to be in top three every year just for the fans right and for the rest 
Let's see. So yeah, for me, Bangkok United will be champions. I really hope that Shunbury will will be saved. And the last things is uh, the last things. Let's let's hope as well that Port will finish in the top three. I'm not a fan of any of this team. It's just for the good of the Thai league. I'm just saying this for the good of the Thai league. That was really enjoyable. I love talking to Jonathan, and we could have gone on for hours. We really could. He is going to be back, so we'll talk about other subjects and other topics the next time he's on. So that's it for this week. Sorry there was no Rob. Disappointing for all his growing fan base. But at least you got to hear his roving report. He'll be back next week and everything will be back to normal. So have a great week. Get out and watch a few games if you can. And enjoy yourselves. It's later than you think.